0: Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. And two seconds. There we go. You know, it's getting better. There I wonder we, if they fixed it. We are, I think we're getting better. Something's happening. we're getting better. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're here in New Year's, like our second or third episode, um, and yeah, uh, you know, we haven't revisited QBRs in a little while. And I'm, we were noticing Richard and I were talking the other day and noticing that like everybody's still hitting off our QBR stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and still for that, um, that magic button. That magic button. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was like they want to people still so want I mean, to know how do I run a QBR? Am I doing the right things with the QBR? I was just talking to uh shout out to uh, to some of my friends over at Loop. Um, and they were talking to about about um, QBRs and how to effectively do them with MSPs. And they were using some of our materials to like just check and see, like, are they doing QBRs correctly? So I was like, I'm going to do another podcast on that. And uh, just talking about like, we still today, when we meet with MSPs, they are so technical in their QBRs that they miss the point. And it's, I made a point of, I think it was in our, our community update yesterday, was that if you went to a car lot and they treated you, the salesman treated you like you treat your clients, here's how the conversation would go. You would walk on the car lot and then you would look at the sales guy and the sales guy, would go, you know what you need? You need an F-150, you need, you need a Ford Lightning. Yeah. Here's why you need a Ford Lightning. And he would spend the next hour explaining to you why Ford Lightning was the best truck on the planet and why you needed to buy it today. Oh. You, know, you came in to buy a minivan. A yeah, minivan. Yeah, that's, the, that's exactly <laughs> what exactly. My daughter just got a minivan. So yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And, and so it's like, that is how a lot of technology companies treat their clients. You, you, You're so convinced that you're right, that you don't take time to listen. And so you're so busy saying the F-150 Lightning is the best truck on the planet and, or not F-150 Lightning, the the Ford Lightning yeah. is is the best truck on the planet or, you know, they really need a Humvee and this is way out of their price range. They yeah. cannot afford this. <laughs> it doesn't even solve the problem they have. they got a family of six. They can't fit in there comfortably with car seats and everything. Car seats, yes. And so when you actually go into a, um, a, car lot they sit down and the first thing they do is get to know you yeah they're asking you all sorts of very pointed questions if you pay attention if you know your sales process they're getting to a point they want to figure out like what's your economic status how much do you make like what do you do for a living now they're going to box you in like with how much cash you have available uh Uh, how you know tell me about your family okay you've got four to five people in your family okay he's knocking out inventory in his head right Right. And he's got, he's got a 1,000 or 2,000 cars here to sell you. And he's trying to find the one that fits you perfectly so that it becomes like falling off of a log. I mean, so mm-hmm. this is the car you need. And that's how they sell. But in IT, we're so focused on that one solution with the good margin that we need to sell. Or we're so security focused. We know they need a new firewall. that We know they need more antivirus. And the client just isn't there yet. And we, we try really hard to convince them. So we use our QBRs of all things. We yep. try to push our agenda on the client. But what should they be doing, Skip? They need to be looking
1: forward. So I think, you know, as far as if you're doing QBRs or you're thinking about it and you have a set of, you know, PDFs or just you've got information. You're like, I, I want to get this in front of my customer. And my my biggest question to decide whether you should get that in front of your customer or not is does that information look back in time or does it look forward in time? And if you aren't getting this information that looks forward, you're not having a a business review. Okay. Big trend to drop the queue and put something else in there. Okay. I hear, you know, almost every other letter in the alphabet, uh substituted for, for qbr and that's that's fine it's a business review all right and it, it really needs to be focused on where their business is going. Yeah. Now we need to talk a little bit about where they're at. I mean there's you know important items that we need to discuss there and that historical <clears throat> information is not invalid it's its place is not prominent in a QBR setting. You may touch on it ever so briefly but it needs to be brief if it's there at all. And if it needs a a bigger discussion, it needs to be a different engagement. Yeah. So, so we're not saying that, you know, a, a ticket review, uh, over the last quarter, it is a bad thing. I mean, sometimes we need to do that, but it's place in a strategic conversation with your clients is not, not it doesn't belong there. That, that's not its place. So you really need to focus where is this information leading us versus where has it gone in the past?
0: Yeah. So given the context of what the business is doing or has done is your history. That's your review. Where is the business going? So we we tend to think like when we think QBR review. So for those of you who remember, I came from the corporate world. We invented QBRs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the dreaded, ah, crap, I got to do my quarterlies. And um, I've got to stand in front of a large group of either stakeholders or directors and I've got a review for my situation was how is cybersecurity doing? You would think that would be a highly technical discussion. And my CIO is always pushing me to make it highly technical, but I was trying to get it to like in context of what the company's trying to do, what is it that we need to know? And so as a CISO, you're sitting there going, okay, I need to show you how this, these risks are affecting the other business units and what, and what we're doing to help mitigate those. And then I'm spending the rest of the QBR learning from other directors and other leaders in the company, what they're doing and I'm taking notes so I can incorporate and bring it back to my team and talk to them like, hey, the rest of the company is struggling with timesheets or this and this and this. How can we help make that easier as part of our cybersecurity directives? Because that's swimming with the channel people. Yeah. Um, as much as I want to get that mid-tier firewall in today, if I can swim with the rest of the directors, I'm going to get more support. That's you, a, should be, you should be doing that with your client as you're yeah. thinking forward. That's what Skip said. Yep. You know, like learning from the business and thinking, how are you going to swim with the company? How are you going to move with them rather than trying to, what's the saying, uh, the tail wagging the dog?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and as you were talking about that, I kind of had flashbacks to my corporate world as well. And, and, and we would do those those quarterly reviews and, you know, every um, one of the business unit directors would get up there and then have a little spiel, right? And it, it always started with some sort of metrics, right? We we did this, you know, we, we accomplished numbers. this, uh, whether that was a good or a bad number. And, you know, there would be some questions. Sometimes they knew they would say, hey, we, we missed this objective. And they would have to detail why, you know, why did we overrun on costs? Why, you know, where did we fail on this? There was a little bit of that historical look, but that was always compartmentalized. Um, And then the, the business managers who were more successful, were they would always kind of wrap that portion of their presentation up quicker. And then they would immediately start talking about what are they going to be doing in the next quarter? and even the quarter after that. And you could always tell the the newer managers or the ones that weren't quite as good as their job as some of the others, they, they would get up there, they would, you know, talk about their current metrics, you know, some of the things that they'd missed, they might jump into some details. And then that was it. They really didn't have much of a plan for next quarter. We're just following along. And, that didn't generate a lot of confidence. So, you know, we're always looking for the people where are we going? Where are you going to lead us? Uh, Whether it's, you know, one business unit, or entire company, we want to know that someone's got a plan on where we're going tomorrow and you need to be part of that planning
0: process with your clients. Where are we going tomorrow? Yeah. How are you going to enable them to hit their sales quotas this quarter? How are you going to enable them to push more product this quarter? the whatever their directive is. And so in a QBR, the biggest mistake I see MSPs making just to get to the point here, now that we're at the halfway point of the, the, the uh, podcast is the biggest mistake is you're not listening enough. And yeah. if you've listened to this podcast enough, you'll have heard us say this many times, your job in a QBR is to go and spend most of your time listening <laughs> because you need to learn. Just like when I was in the corporate world, of my time was spent listening to other directors explain what direction they were heading over this next quarter and how they were fitting into the company's overall goals. And then I had to adjust and inform them what I was doing so that we can all line up together. And that is how a QBR goes. You're reviewing the business as a whole. Are you moving in the right direction? We're not reviewing last quarter That's not the goal here. The goal isn't to review last year. That's not the goal. You'll spend about five minutes of your day or 10 minutes just reviewing, hey, what happened last year? Okay, now the next 90 minutes of this session need to be talking about what's coming up. Right. How are we aligning? How are we working together? I know you really wanna replace all those those laptops and those PCs this year, but our big concern is mobility. How are you fitting into that? How are we getting more people out to conferences or whatever it is your your client is doing? And you, that's why you get paid big bucks. It's not to fix a PC. Any intern can fix a PC. Your job as a consultant is to connect these dots for your client. And if you're too busy selling them on a preconceived notion, that may be important. You know, the Ford Lightning is a great, is a great truck. No one's arguing that. It's just not a great truck for me and what i'm trying to accomplish that new ford gate is a great piece of hardware and it will do things for me but it's not things i care about right now yeah if i had infinite money sure i'm just gonna get a ford lightning just to sit off to the side to drive every once in a while yeah and it'll save me money when i go to menards or i'm working on a a project and hauling lumber it's not gonna pull my camper
1: (laughs) well and you know, I, I still, I've said this many times, I think we show up as IT people, we, we show up with this idea that we have to have all the answers. Um, that that's why they've hired us is because we're, we understand technology, we're smart folks and, and we got it together and that's true. But when you show up to a business review, the answers aren't technology, All right, It's business. So you're going to contribute to that. I don't want to minimize that, but you, your responsibility is more like I'm saying that listening part. Um, and your clients are going to drive you know the the meat of where is this going? what are we trying to accomplish And then your expertise, your your great skill set can come in and solve those problems. So you've got to understand what your client needs first and, and you don't know. you, you may think you know, but you don't know. you've got to hear from your clients.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's why the SWOT review becomes such a great tool, mm-hmm. is because it forces the engineer, forces the consultant to ask questions. What are your biggest strengths? What are your biggest weaknesses? What are your opportunities coming up? What are the threats to your company right now that we can help mitigate? Give me a picture of what's going on so I can identify technology that will turn these threats into opportunities. I'll turn opportunities into strengths. Mm-hmm. or weaknesses into opportunities. You know, we I need to move these things around, but I can't help you as an engineer, as a problem solver, if I don't know what's going on. That's the beauty of the SWOT, is, is, it, is it gives you a framework to ask questions. It's a crutch. Use it. It's a great crutch. If you don't know how to listen, if you find yourself struggling like, well, I know what my client needs. No, you don't. <laughs> Your client barely knows what they need and it's a complicated game they're playing. That's right. You're busy thinking about, you know what they need in technology or you think you know. And that's where the Dunning-Kruger effect comes into play. If you're absolutely (laughs) confident, you know what your client needs, you're probably on Mount Stupid. Yep. That's where the confidence comes in and the knowledge comes in, but you're missing a large chunk. There's a reason why your client is iffy is having a little struggle and having a little paralysis around making decisions because it's more complicated and you're not hearing it. Mm-hmm. And you have to simplify it. You have to say, okay, you're really struggling with revenue. I get that. Tell you what, I can squeeze another year out of this firewall before the licensing goes defunct. And what I can do is uh, that'll save you you know, $4,000. Uh, I can then <clears throat> mitigate these issues and we can look at something else that's going to help you save some money this year. Okay, now why why are you having a hard time with finances? Okay, we don't have enough new customers. What's keeping new customers from coming in? Like, well, we're a coffee shop and we're kind of out of the way. Okay, what if we did something cool? Like, we'll offer, um, I can upgrade your Wi Fi, you know, or we can make it, we can go make it wider so that the Wi-Fi is seen from a larger radius. People are like, Oh, where's that coffee shop? Yeah. You know, something stupid. Like you guys are guys are consultants, you guys can think of your own things. That right. you can work with them, say, okay, how do we get more people into the coffee shop? What do people want to do in the morning? They want to check their email and they want to have a cup of coffee on their way to work. Right. Okay, let's make that easier. Well, and so the the things that you're asking about there are things that the
1: client's already working on. So that's the beauty of this is you don't have to be, you know, this business servant that comes in and, you know, solves all their problems they If they're struggling with revenue, they've already got some ideas. Yep. They're, they're tossing things around and you can sit down with them and say, Hey, well help me. What, well, what are you thinking about? Let's take a look at some of, you know, your three top ideas. Um, and we'll see if there's some technology that we can put in there that would make those really good. And there may or may not be solutions there. It's not always going to be a a fit, but you know, they're just some really good exercises. You can go through, Hey, show me the ones you just totally threw out, you know, that you thought, Hey, these would never work. I just want to take a chance and see, you know, and every once in a while something might pay out and you're like, you know, I could actually make that happen by installing, you know, whatever it is. And they would go, Oh, that would be great. We had no idea how that would work. That's where you're collaborating with your clients And, and it is going to be centered around that listening element that those are things you cannot show up with the answers for
0: yeah and again that's why it's a qbr you're reviewing together you're not there to tell the client everything Mm -hmm. a business review is a business review if you want a technical review you want to talk about technology and everything you did and all your tickets and all the things that you closed for them and all the projects you closed for them okay do a technical review that's that's Mm -hmm. fine they're just a waste of time unless the client really wants them They're a waste of time. It's like you're counting coming in and saying, how much money do you spend this year? You need to know that like once a year when you're doing your taxes and when you're doing your budget planning, that's it. It's not going to really affect much.
1: So Um, that's a great little example. If you've got a a group of team members that travel and you're responsible for their expenses, all right. You know, that happens. Do you really care how much exactly they pay for a cup of coffee? All right. Some people do. <laughs> I know, but what, what value does that, that really drive? All right. If, if that, that cup of coffee was $4 or five or six, did it really impact their trip? Did, did whatever they were on and engaging, did that one to $2 variance in coffee make a difference in the outcome of that engagement? Yeah. I, I would say most successful managers are not going to get wrapped up in those details. They want to know what came out of that event. Yeah, And, and, and you your understanding about their technology needs to kind of follow the same lines. And, and this is where it's really cool for you guys, though. You come in sometimes and you're thinking, oh, I got to cut cost. I got to cut cost. I got to cut cost. But if you have a technology that's going to be able to provide a significant value for your clients, they're not so concerned about those few dollars that you're trying to cut off that you can actually leave on that product and the client's going to be perfectly happy with it. Yeah. So, that successful, you know, implementation for them and more margin
0: for you. Yeah. The, the listening, like the seriously guys, the, and girls, the, the listening out there is what is getting you in the, in the, in the gutter. It's getting you in that rut of my client just doesn't listen to me. You gotta listen first people. Yeah. If, if it feels like you're, that's the red flag here. And I want to cover this in part two is how to do active listening, how to reach out to your clients. So this is a multi-part um, uh, podcast. So next time we're going to talk through like, what does it look like? How are, what are the flags? Like red flags that your client's not listening to you is that you're not listening to them. If you feel like your client does not listen to your advice, it's because you're not listening to them. You don't understand. You are not comprehending the issues. And so they have checked out or if it feels like they've checked out. I've been telling them about this Ford Lightning for the past half hour and they're just not buying. I don't understand why they're not buying. Why aren't they listening to me? This is the best truck ever. <laughs> then yeah. the, Think about that. I'm taking that context and I'm making that analogy because it's a perfect analogy. You're talking about the best truck that they can use in their life but you're not listening to what their life is. And so next week we're gonna talk about how do you actively listen to a client and what are the flags that show you that you are listening and how much more money is there to be made by both parties, your client and you, when you start actively listening and solving technology problems that augment business. It's a multiplication effect. There's a reason why technology is so valuable in the business world is because it is a productivity multiplier when used correctly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's just an opex.
1: Yeah. Well I, I think we need to you know focus a little bit on the on the terminology here and make sure you know everyone is is on board with this direction. And if you're not this is not for you. But a, a business review is not to review what has happened but it's to review the plan going forward. Yes. We're going to talk about a lot of things. All right. But the focus of those engagements is to review the business plan going forward. And because they're going to make money going forward, all right? They can't, they can't change the past. All right. Uh, whatever revenue they made or lost last quarter is done. I mean, the books have closed, all right? And they're looking into the next quarter and how their business can be
0: successful. You've got to be a part of that success. Yep. And I think it's a great way to wrap this up, Skip, is a business review is not historical. It is future. Just Mm -hmm. because it says review does not mean that you're thinking in the past. It means that you're reviewing together. Where are we going? And keep that in mind as you go. And next week, we're going to hit hard on that and how to make that a central focus of your conversations, every conversation going forward. Sounds Thank good. you, Skip. We'll see you guys all next week. See ya. Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help.